Hey everyone, this is Dan. I wanted to tell you about the Robert Mueller and P-Tape candles that I sell. You can buy them at omfg.church, and then you too can have them on your mantelpiece to burn whenever the news stresses you out like I do. That's at omfg.church. Go buy candles. Hello, I'm Sherlock Holmes. I'm like a mystery guy. Listen, I've talked to you. You've heard about this, but I haven't. I'm Sherlock Holmes. I've never been here before, but you've heard about Truly Devious. It's this mystery book by Maureen Johnson. It is some, it is a hot potato. Do you like just mysteries, mysteries, mysteries? Please get this book. The next book is coming out in January, The Vanishing Stare. I hear it's just being completed. It's it's a mystery, just mysteries. Just get it. Like, even if you don't want to read it, just get it. Just keep it. Just keep it around. You never know when you're just mysteries, truly devious. Maureen Johnson, Sherlock Holmes out. The game's afoot. Dan? Dan? Hold on. Dan? Dan. Dan, we got to do the show. It's going to go on, isn't it? Something's happening. Something's happening. I'm going to have to turn Dan off and turn him back on again. Hang on. I'm going to turn Dan off and turn him back on. There we go. Let's restarting Dan. All right. There we go. Let's wait till him to boot back up again. Then he's back on. Hi, Maureen. Uh, Got something to tell me? Welcome to the two-year anniversary of Says Who, the podcast that isn't a podcast. It's a coping strategy. I'm Maureen Johnson. And I am Dan Sinker. And we're still here. We are still We're still here. here. Yeah. Oh boy. So uh yeah. Two yeah. years, Dan. It has been two, two years, years since we started our eight week long podcast. Truly, we are the Gilligan's Island of Podcasts. And um This was going to be this was going to be a podcast that lasted for the final eight weeks of the 2016 convention. Uh, you and I were both feeling quite uh, thrown by it all, maybe is a way to put it. And uh, we decided that we would recruit folks that knew a lot more than us to help calm our nerves, explain what was going on, help us to kind of understand the lay of the land. And it was just going to be eight weeks because we were both busy people. Yeah, and we did that. And, um, well, we're still here. <laughs> we sure are. And we're here until it's over and we go to Disney World. The pact uh... has been 
made and reaffirmed that when he is gone, and we're not saying that him being gone is the end of the problem. We're just, that was what this was, uh, was our remit. And then we go to Disney World. Exactly. But we have some exciting stuff today, Dan. We do. Right? We have super, super exciting news. We had our, I think our first uh, says who planning meeting other than one that we had about two years ago. Yep. (laughs) And uh, we have some news to report from that, but we are going to save that until the end of the episode. It's exciting. Like, we actually have, we never have stuff to be like, we have news about, but we actually have like. We have a bunch of news. We have a bunch of news, and it's like, I'm excited. I'm excited. I'm actually excited. I'm excited. I'm excited. I know. Did you, and, and, I'm and, excited. I'm yeah, excited. It's a, good, it's a good time, Maureen. Today is, I mean, are you feeling like, did you have a good day today? I had um today. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, my day think- started at 6.17 in the morning. All right. When I had the misfortune of opening the sadness box that I keep next to myself on the bed. And I just uh, read the first excerpt from Stormy Daniels' book that's coming out in just a couple of weeks. I'm excited because, you know, we we have a book club here. So can you tell us uh, anything about that book? Um, um, well, mm-hmm. um. There's a lot of hesitation, Dan, I will, but I mean, uh, is, is it interesting? I mean, is there... Oh, it sounds like there's um, something. Sure, something about yes. um, politics, something about the election, something about you know, farm he policy. Knows, maybe he knows he has an unusual penis. Daniels writes in a book fittingly titled "Full Disclosure." It has a huge mushroom head, like a toadstool. I lay there, annoyed that I'm getting fucked by a guy with Yeti pubes and a dick like the mushroom character in Mario Kart. Are you there? Maureen, did you get, did you get cut off? <sighs> Two years, Maureen. Woo! Two years! I was gonna um I miss uh I like to read. Yeah. Yeah. You're a reader. Yeah. 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 Mm. Yeah. Mm-mm. It's never mm. coming out. I am dispirited, Dan. Um Yeah, it's not great. You know, having it read out loud is uh, visceral. Yeah. Like, it's surprisingly hard to hear. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, it's upsetting. Sure. Um, I feel like I need to talk this through. Uh, it's upsetting. Yeah, that's, that uh, sounds right. I am, I'm feeling... Uh, it's a lot of emotions. Um, yeah. It's a kind of... Oh, just let uh, it out. Okay. Well, uh, I should add that um, 
Do you remember I recorded the last episode in bed? Yes. Because yeah, I you were, was... You were felled by a, by a bacteria. Yeah, I think at the time we recorded, we didn't know what I had. No, you were still you were still hopeful that it was actually something nameable and thusly treatable. Yeah, and it was nameable. Uh, they did find it. It's Campylobacter, which is a oh. a nasty little organism. It's common, but it is very nasty. Um, this was like about a sick. Like I was just like, oh, the, I cannot move. Like I, if I, there's no to the left, there's no to the right. I have to remain perfectly still. <laughs> so I was, then I got, they sent me some antibiotics and I, I got better, but never like a hundred percent better. Like I wasn't like, a, like I didn't reach, achieve like total betterness, but I was so much better. That I wasn't really thinking about it. And I had an appearance at the Brooklyn Book Festival this Sunday, Dan. And sure. I was, I was fine. And I I took like a little Pepto before I went. I was like, it's, I'm fine. I feel fine. I went and I do appear. Like I was, uh, it was beautiful morning. In fact, Dan, I was remarking on what a beautiful morning it was. Yeah. Oh man, it was nice. And I, the panel started at 11. It was a super fun panel about thrillers. Nice big room full of people. It was wonderful. And about 11, I remember it was about 11.35, I was like, huh, I'm kind of sweaty. It's weird. It's cold in here. Uh-oh. And then like a couple minutes later, I was like, huh, it's weird. I'm like really sweaty. Then maybe they turned the air down or something. And, and like five minutes after that, I'm like, whew, I'm really like, huh, that's, that's weird. I'm like oh, no. really, really sweaty. This is like, I'm there's a lot of people in here, I guess. And then, then I was like, my hand is just like shaking like and i am dripping sweat i i would think everyone could see that i'm sweating and it feels like i have no blood in my head and and then all of a sudden i got that whoosh oh no like i don't get nauseous that often so it was like that super fast rush of and that little voice in your head that goes you are going to throw up now boop you are going to throw up now (laughs) boop you and i was like Oh no! Oh no! This is happening. What do I do? 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 And I looked at the clock, and it was like eleven fifty. I was like ten minutes. Ten minutes. I can do this. 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 And I would just kind of. So I was like, I just fixed my gaze on the moderator's head, and we were still having a Q and A. I was like, breathe. And I dug my nails into my leg as hard as I could. And I was yeah. like, oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. And they asked me a question. And they're like, what are you? And I, all I heard was. Like, a, like an adult in a Peanuts cartoon. I heard nothing. And I was like, I just don't know. <laughs> I was I couldn't even hear. Like everything was like mushing and swirling. And I was like, and I'm going to pass out. Both are going to happen. This is very exciting. So I was like, just get like the sec. I was like, just get to the end. Just get to the end. And so he was like, and and then finally he's like, and no, just no more questions. Oh, one more question. I was like, oh, oh my god, oh my god. And then finally the panel ended, and we're like, and now they're going to do our signing. And I bolted out of that chair and staggered <laughs> over, and I was like, oh. I'm very sorry, I won't be signing. I am about to throw up. And then I like had to get through the room. So I kind oh. of like, and I got stuck. Um, behind someone who was having it, it, trouble getting out of the room. So I kind of got bottlenecked. 
And then I got out in the street and I'm, I'm shaking, shaking, shaking. Everything is swirling, 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 like twirling, twirling towards freedom. And I was like, oh my God, I kind of, there's no way I'm going to get to the bathroom. I stagger around the block and I was like, find parking lot, die there. So standing up and getting some air seemed to stabilize me just enough. And then I kind of stumbled around and I, there was a shop open and I bought a Coke and I sipped the Coke and I was like, I got enough, like I stopped shaking long enough and I called the lift and I got in the car and I just got home and I was like, Oscar, prop the door open, have the Zofran in your hand as I come in through the door. Like I grabbed that Zofran, I popped it under my tongue and then I fell into bed um, where I sat kind of vibrating for about three hours. Um, So... I don't think it's over, Dan, but we're trying to uh, – I'm waiting for a call back from the doctor about whether or not to take some more uh, antibiotics. So let me – that's all a way of saying that I'm doing like – I f- like I feel like right now, and I'm so nervous to say this because it's like this has been going on since August the 11th. This thing won't die. But I'm thinking – I'm like, I think it's died, but I'm supposed to travel again this weekend. And Dan, I'm terrified. So all of this is to say I'm trying to stay away from things that are nauseating. Oh, I'm well. si- I'm sipping a ginger ale. This sound is a ginger ale hitting the the microphone. Mm. So, um, I'm trying to uh, you know, you hear what I'm saying, Dan? I do. I I I hear you. It's a it's a hard time for all of us, Maureen. So actually, hearing that, Dan was. Yeah. It was that was. Let's get to. Don't we have a book report to do? We do. Can I just very briefly, though, Toad is getting all the Mario Toad, the lovable mushroom character in Mario Kart is getting all the attention. But it is the detail of Yeti pubes that really haunts me when I close my eyes. Did you not hear what I just said? I mean, I know. I know. I know. We do have a book to discuss, Maureen, and we are going to discuss Bob Woodward's fear. This is the third of the kind of behind-the-scenes Trump books that we have uh, tackled in this book club, the first being uh, Michael Wolff's book. What was it called? I Can't Believe It's a White House. And then um, Omarosa's book, Unhinged, I believe is the name of that one. Uh, and now Fear by by Bob Woodward, award-winning, famous journalist Bob Woodward. And I think that really, Maureen, the way to tackle this is for you, best-selling author Maureen Johnson, to give your feelings and summary of the book. And I'll just I'll just add color. No, no, no. I don't I think we should absolutely do it the other way around. I think that um you're a like a you're a kind of tentpole of Chicago media. You've written a, a an amazing book yourself. I I don't want to be the book person. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want to be the book person. I get that. But I just think that you you really capture story and just storytelling in a way that I, I'm fairly ham-fisted around. And he's such an accomplished writer that I feel like it really needs your hand and your skill and your knowledge of craft and love of love of the word to really to really bring it home. And I appreciate you saying that, Dan, but I think that you are a, you know, you're a journalist. So I think that really this is kind of more your wheelhouse than mine. So I'd really like to have you take the lead and I'll follow up. No, no. I mean, I hear that. But I also think that there's a level of sort of 
mystery to this and whodunit and your love of mysteries and you've just written one you're in the process of of uh of editing the sequel to it uh just feel like you have some insights that i i i can't take the lead on this really after you you want me to do it i think i just think that you're really gonna do the justice to it that i'm 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 i can just add a little bit Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, uh, Fear by Bob Woodward is a book that it came out on September 11th, and we both read it. And it is about being scared of Trump. And it's a book by Bob Woodward who is a famous reporter from Watergate. And this is a book about the Trump White House and some, it's like goosebumps for politics or maybe Cujo. Maureen? I want you to chime. I want you to chime in. I I mean I don't want to I don't want to cast any blame around here but did did you read the book? Did I read the book? Damn. I, I just I I I feel Dan. like you're not quite getting into the depths that I was expecting here. Dan, did I read the book? What kind of question is that? I'm not casting aspersions. I'm just, I'm just curious. Oh well, if you think you can do better, I, I invite you. So I'd like you, uh, you know, if do better then. I... Sure. Oh yeah, definitely. So in, uh, so the book is about the Trump White House. Donald Trump was elected on November sixth, twenty sixteen, after a hard fought race uh, against Hillary Clinton. Um, his inauguration day was January 20th, 2017. He had a number of people in his White House cabinet, including uh, Reince Priebus, Dan, his these are chief all of just staff. Things, these are all just things people know. It's not about the book. So why don't no, you no, even this do is the all, book itself? This is all stuff I learned from the book, Maureen. He no, had it's a, not. Uh, these are things that we've talked senior about. Senior advisor named Steve Bannon. You didn't he read it. Had, okay, I I started it. <laughs> I started it, Maureen, and Dan, I hated it. Dan, you should be ashamed of yourself. I'm sorry. I let you everyone be... down. But wait, you didn't you didn't read it either, did you? It's not good, Dan. It's not a good book. I didn't like it. <sighs> I hate read about 20% of it and then it's I just about gave 20% up. 20% is when you just have to I it's not fun. Dan, it wasn't fun. It's not fun. It's also not very good. It's not like it's it Oh. Okay, I, you guys. Don't, every moment of it I hated it. I mean, we have had a series of bummers to do on this podcast. We have watched some shit. We have read some shit. We have sat through debates and uh, speeches and this one was it was I and we I had such high expectations and then yeah 
If you listen back to us talking about this book before it came out in the last episode, we were really, we were putting the hard sell on it. And I, you know what it is, is that clearly every one of these creeps and weirdos was like, I'm going to talk to Bob Woodward and salvage what's left of my reputation and try to seem like I was the one who tried to save us. Yeah. And he just apparently was like, okay, cool. Yep. I'll write that down. Next person? Oh, you too, huh? Yeah, a bunch of heroes. What a gang of heroes. Yeah. And weirdly, I don't want to say Trump seems competent because he doesn't, but it something weird happens in the telling of all these this gang of heroes and their way of in their way of trying to convey how awful it is. It's hard to explain, but it's 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 nothing you don't know. No, nothing. No. You won't be edified. Like, I wanted it to be more exciting than it was. I just wanted it to be deeper than it was. Like, it just was not... Like, there. there's literally... I mean, s- huge sections of it are reported from other sources that you've probably already read, you know? And there is no real digging into the parts that are there. I mean, <laughs> maybe the last 75% of the book is amazing, but um, fuck if I'm getting there. Nope. Neither of us made it, and um, that's okay. Says who says, skip it. <laughs> <laughs> we do. We do have another book club coming up with the Stormy Daniels book, morning. I'm no, 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 no. No, no, no. Yeti pubes. No. No, Dan, no. All right, let's shift gears. Let's shift gears. Let's shift gears. This is our two-year anniversary show, Maureen. Our very first guest for our very first episode was Anna Marie Cox. She joined us again last year for our one-year anniversary show, and she was nice enough to join us again this year for two years. She is the host and creator of the podcast with Friends Like These, which is available via the fine folks at Crooked Media. She's also a regular political commentator on your TV. And she speaks to us again in what is now the world's saddest annual tradition the yearly Let's Check In with Anna Marie Cox. To get started, this is now the third time we've talked to you <laughs> from the first, our first ever podcast, uh, our one year and our two year. I feel like we're stuck in a loop. How do we get this to stop? <laughs> yeah, that we're not this is not supposed to be happening at all. I feel like it's a spiral more than a loop, which is like bad news, I guess. <laughs> um we're passing the same point but just like uh at a lower range, you know? Um yeah, I I I I don't know what to tell you. Things are bad, guys. 
<laughs> things are really bad. So I just listened back not long before we talked to the conversation we had last year. And despite it being a conversation we had in September, all of us still really kind of came across as being in shock. <laughs> like it took a long time, apparently, <laughs> for the shock shock of the election to wear off. And um for me, and I would guess for you and and Maureen, we've certainly talked about this, like the shock is no longer there, you know, and I'm curious about now that we are in something that not only is not no longer surprising, but also no longer feels particularly temporary, you know, yeah. um, how has your perspective shifted in terms of Trump in terms of the time we're in and in terms of how the fuck we get out of it. You know, as you were saying that the the shock has ended, I the thing that immediately came to mind was that we're now dealing with sort of the dull ache of trauma, you know, and repair. And I maybe it is hopeful of me to think about repair, but I do think about repair a lot. Um because I think a lot of people on the left have said this, but it bears repeating, which is that, you know, Trump is a symptom. And now that we have sort of a dangling in front of us, what seems like a real possibility of, of him no longer being president, if the Democrats, you know, take over the house, um, you know, if the Mueller investigation actually finds something that they can impeach on. I mean, I would say they have, they have stuff they could impeach on now, but um, what do we do next is even more important um, because we will have, like I said, like a, a new and terrible president. Uh, he is a more familiar kind of, you know, uh, threat, but the people that Trump has empowered will not go away when he goes away. Sometimes I don't know, you know, you said before, Dan, like that we're used to it and but sometimes I'm not used to it at all. Yeah. Like like just the news was on last night and it somebody uttered the phrase then candidate Trump. And I was like, oop, like, <laughs> I, it always reminds me of the before. And I'm always it's like a little pin to the arm where you're like, ah, yes. Oh, I still remember. I still remember the before. Um mm -hmm. So when you say all of that, I'm still like, it's all just so, it's a lot, isn't it? My goodness. My goodness, we live in thick times. And we say that as mostly people. pretty privileged yeah. people. Yeah. You know, and, and so I hope that that just gives us the knowledge that we cannot imagine what it is like for people who don't have the resources that we do. Yeah. Yeah. I am currently hate reading my way through the Woodward book and <laughs> um, the the thing that in addition to me actually genuinely disliking the book uh, it just it reminds you of all of the things that you've kind of willfully forgotten you know and um, you know whether it was during the campaign or whether it was you know in the first you know few months of the thing and there is just so much that is still so raw and so kind of unbelievable. Um, 
But I'm curious, like looking at September of last year to September of this year, or call it the year of 2018 or whatever, like have things played out the way you've imagined they would? I mean, I think that after he won, I think I did a pretty good job of like, to the extent that it's humanly possible, not imagining, you know, or not predicting <laughs> uh-huh. or only imagining and not trying to guess exactly what would happen. Right. Yeah. Um, and to the extent that I could, I tried to, I mean, I think I aired consciously on the site on the side of like dystopia. Um, cause I remember talking with people after the election and maybe it's something you guys and I talked about, which is that I, I, I still, part of me still expects or at least considers it in the realm of possibility that we have, you know, Muslim concentration camps. I, turns out we did have concentration camps. We do have concentration camps. It's just, yeah. it was a different set of brown people, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, and I hope that that doesn't sound racist, but like a, a different set of, you know, not white people. Um, I couldn't have predicted that. Right. But I also remember people like telling me I was like overreacting. And of course, on my side of the argument is that we've done it before. <laughs> like, um, we've had internment camps and concentration camps before in American history. So it shouldn't surprise us if it happens again. And the other thing that I think of when I think about my own fears of worst case scenario is that it's not going to happen all of a sudden and we're not going to be it, it. The chances that we'll be able to react to the concentration camps as though they're concentration camps seems to be determined by whether or not we get used to this, the other ideas that come before it, you know, like, we might have what the people of 2016 would have considered clearly to be unconstitutional detentions of mass, you know, masses of people who are for some reason different than, you know, that those people that run the country. Um, But will we have gotten used to the idea of people being detained for bad reasons? You know, like what if, you know, what if the child separations is actually just the beginning? You know, I mean, sorry, this is really, this is bad, isn't it? Like, I'm, I'm not, I'm not. <laughs> no, it's, it's, I think it's all it's still It's dark, but it's real. It's dark and real. I ha- I will say that there is a, there even as terrible as Pence is on many things, there is something to be said for having a government that's not run by whims and uh, paranoia, which right. seems like that hence might not be that way. <laughs> um, you know, I mean, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I think that we'll see, right? I mean, I, I hopefully we'll see. And hopefully if we have a Democratic Congress, you know, whoever's in charge in the next you know, for the next two years, we'll, we'll be, be constrained in a way that Trump right now isn't. And the other thing I have to say, again, this is such a down, I'm just sorry, this is such a downer, but um, we have not, it, this is incredible to think about, but we have not had a national crisis except for Trump in the past two years. We have not had 
a major foreign terrorist attack. We have not had a financial crisis. Um, we have not had um, a, a health crisis, a health epidemic besides the ongoing slow roll of the opioid crisis. Um, we've ha- not had anything that has convulsed the nation. Imagine, right? Like, I don't, I don't, I don't know if those institutions. I don't know how much stress those institutions can take if we were to suffer a terrorism, a terrorist attack. Like, you know, that's that's maybe where we start to get people rounded up for concentration camps. Ah. Uh. So what, what you're saying is don't tell anybody where I buried all of my canned beans yet. <laughs> yeah, I joked about getting more into survivalism like after Trump was elected. And I, I have not followed through on those things. I do. I do own a shotgun now, but I have not actually fired it. Um, my dad gave it to me also just for full um, disclosure. Um, uh but yeah, I mean, I, I think well, it would be smart I was just at the Whole Foods on the Upper West Side <laughs> in Manhattan. The Whole Foods at the Upper West Side of Manhattan. And they had two survivalist magazines by the checkout counter. Yeah. Two. Yeah. So, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I have in my, you know, my Amazon, you're on Amazon, you can do the saved for later stuff, purchases. I have an entire saved for later, like, list in Amazon that's all the recommended survival supplies from Wirecutter that like I just need to all I need to do is like hit hit it and I'll get all the bottom you know like all the water purifiers and meal bars and first aid kit and rechargeable batteries and like solar radio and all that and the only thing that's keeping me from doing it is like having to explain to my husband like Like, why now, right? There's a part of me that wants to just order it, like, for when he's out of town, and then I'll just put together. Then I'll just have it put together. Then I'll just have our, our you know, go bag, or this case. I think what they recommend, actually, is, like, a, you know, one of those, like, clear storage unit th- boxes, like, and all the all the pet, in, we, along with, you know, pet food and uh, all of the, our, the, their vaccinations and stuff. And, you know, cause also I think maybe again, pardon me if I'm repeating myself, but it's not just the horrible things that I, that I listed that could be human caused by humans. Um, but imagine the natural disaster we're seeing, or you have to imagine we have a natural disaster unfolding in front of our eyes. We had one a year ago and they fucked it up. So if something yeah. were to happen in my backyard, if it was to, if we were to get a natural disaster here, like, am I going to be able to trust FEMA? No. I should have that go back ready to go. I mean, yeah, like we, this, this is, it's not just about a huge terrorist attack. It's about like all the millions of things that happen all the time that we just can't trust the government to help us out. It doesn't have to be active acts of malice, you know, to do damage. Like incompetency and greed can do it too. Woohoo. I keep on like wanting to. I mean, so all of that said, you don't spend all your time curled in a fetal position, right? <laughs> Which, um, and so I'm curious, kind of how you are, how you're able to balance the like shit 
can get real with like, but I still need to function as a, as a human here. Like, how are you, how are you able to balance all of this out kind of with the perspective that you have of kind of what's going on on a day-to-day basis with like the need to like get out of bed and feed your dogs and stuff. Yeah. Dog, two cats. Um, you know, well, the human mind is remarkable um, for its ability to compartmentalize and practice denial. Um, no one should sell themselves short in that. And it's, it's compartmentalization and denial that, that also allows this shit to, to happen, right? So to some degree, what people really need to do is practice not, I mean, self-care is important, but some, somehow develop the ability to practice self-care without ever forgetting what's happening. You know, um, because it's easy to just get on with your life. That's the easy part. Like, that's what, you know, privileged white people have been doing since we got here. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You know, we've been getting up and feeding the dogs and not thinking too hard about everything else that's happening. Um, So I think the challenge is to somehow in your everyday life keep alive the fact that bad things are happening to other people without letting it overwhelm you and doing small things every day. And actually I'm kind of serious every day that help put your values into action. Um, I have been heartened by the number of people that show up for protests these days. I hope that doesn't change. I hope it gets bigger and better. Um, I am not the person who came up with this and maybe you guys will remember who said this, but, um, you know, when people wonder how, what would I have done, you know, during, you know, the Nazi Germany, what would I have done during the civil rights period? Now is the time that you answer that question, right? Like I have made a choice to go ahead and like attend rallies and marches, even though I'm a journalist covering politics, because I don't want to have to look someone in the eyes, a young person in the eyes in 20 years. And when they ask the question, where were you? I'm like, oh, I was, I was, I had some hot takes, you know? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I totally did takes. I had, I tweeted. (laughs) Um, I think people need to start thinking about like what in their everyday lives they can do. And that includes like going to rallies. And also I mentioned this stuff also because this is the stuff that also enables you to get up in the morning. Um, There's not a whole lot of research done on whether or not our virtual communities can really sustain us. But there's a lot of research done about being active in your real life community can sustain you. So if your question is like, how can I continue to exist in this world where I hear bad news on you know, the television like every day and I read bad news all the time on my phone, like going to volunteer in one of the areas that you think has a problem is actually not going to drain you. It will refresh you. You know, it will connect you. It will make you feel like this is the things aren't hopeless. So like I do volunteer work that's actually like more related to, you know, recovery um, than some other issues that I work on. But it's really important. It's it's something that reminds me of my place in the universe. It reminds me of the fact that there are good people helping each other in the world, you know? So don't, I think that, so w- w- the getting up in the morning and feeding the dogs, I think people can do pretty easily. It's like, again, like how do you balance, how do you balance just existing and feeling like you actually are doing something, you know? 
self-care, other care. And that'll sustain you always. Yeah. Other care is a form of self-care. Other care is a form of self-care. I mean, it's also true you need to take care of yourself first, put on your own. If you're not, if you're, I mean, I feel like I need to say like if you're actively depressed, if you're struggling with some things, yes, you do need to get to a place where you can simply get out of bed and that's important. But once you are there, the way that you can sustain your recovery is by passing on your strength. And I think you do that. Aww. I also think that you, you do that every day through your work as well. So, I mean, don't ever discount Thank that. <laughs> Thank you. I try. But I also think that, you know, we just – but it, but again, like I just want everyone who hears this to think about the fact that going to walk dogs for your neighborhood shelter is a part of the resistance, right? Like – do, putting good into the world is a way that you will sustain yourself and sustain the the people that need that need to fight. And we just need to do more than tweet and even more than vote, you know. And while I believe that everyone needs to take care of themselves, just try to figure out what the next thing is. It, it it's very it's really important. <laughs> it's it's really really important. Yeah. We all must vote, but we all must also go out and make some soup for each other. And yeah, do it. Do the thing that you're capable of doing. Right. Like if that's writing letters, that's writing letters. If that's making soup, that's making soup. If that's you know, I mean, I don't want to discount any form of service and what you you people do what they're able to do. But I do think that you will find if you put service out into the world, what you do, what, what happens is that the positive feedback loop, you know, allows you to see other people doing service and find more ways of doing service. And it's all, it's all, it, it somehow, you know, I don't know exactly how it all works out, but I really do believe that it, it helps some global level. It's like we are our own stockpiles of cans and food in the basement. <laughs> we will actually sustain each other like we are the thing that we need to stockpile yeah that's actually i mean yes i, I mean on some level that is true i also think we probably also need to stockpile the other stuff too but <laughs> you know if if people are wondering what can i do like don't think as far ahead as november right think about today and there's stuff that you can do today. And I, if I, just as long as I'm on the subject, I'll continue to share my opinions because you guys said I could. Um, and that's also includes things like, you know, just trying to be conscious of your white privilege and white fragility in like everyday conversations, right? Like just being aware of your privilege and trying to kind of counter, counter it when you can, like that is also going to be helpful because one of the things that happens, you know, with Trump as president is that all of the stuff that we kind of thought we were working through is like good, good, well-meaning white people, like just racism in everyday life, like is suddenly like got gasoline poured on it. And I see it in my, my world. I see people who I knew were conservative before Trump was elected say like actively racist things around me. Right. Like yeah. that's suddenly okay. It needs to not be okay. <laughs> mm. And we need to develop ways to be able to tell people like, you can't say that in front of me. Sorry. 
you know, like I'm just not, you know, not going to take that. That's you can go be racist someplace else, but if you're you value my company, like I don't I don't let people say those kinds of things in front of me. Um, and then to also be aware of your own racism and your own privilege, and try and take a step back when that's possible. If I may plug, I've done a few good podcasts on this, specifically one about white fragility a couple weeks ago, where we talked about. Um, like what happened, like how do you as a well-meaning white person get better about not abusing your own privilege? And because it's hard and uncomfortable. And the other thing is you will make mistakes. Like you're going to say, there's no such thing as like a, no one ever saying a racist thing ever again. Like as woke as you want to be, as much of an ally you want to be, like I will say something racist in the future. Just, it's just true. Like, I will say or do something racist in the future. I may have said something racist back when I said just a different set of brown people. Who knows? Um, and white people just need to get used to the fact that that doesn't make them a, that doesn't make that alone in itself doesn't make you a bad person. It's how you handle it. And like how, whether or not you have people in your life that you can talk to and work through those things and not make that exact same kind of racist mistake again. The main bit of hope I have is that maybe there's a slight chance that we won't have to talk to you again in a year. <laughs> well, it depends. Like, is your podcast just, does it existence depend on Trump being president? Yes. Okay. Well, then in that, that narrow definition of like needing to talk to each other, you're right. I think that's, yeah. I mean, just speaking, that's how, you know, Ted Cruz might lose. Like, they Republicans might lose the Senate, guys. I mean, that's that's astonishing. Um, and that's happening, by the way, because of the sort of everyday actions of people and not because our institutions are are saving us. The Democratic Party is not making the, this wave election happen. Like, be very clear about that. Um, it is activists that are doing that is people who've decided to do change something in their life and participate in a way that they weren't participating before, um, including things like running for office, which if, again, if you're in the sound of my voice, please consider running for office if that's something you can do. Um, and again, sort of a, a, one of the opportunities that, that Trump created is that he did, I've, I've interviewed a fair number of women and non-binary people who are, who are running for office, some at very local levels. And one thing that, they all have said to me is that Trump made them realize, oh, well, any dipshit can get elected. <laughs> you know? Oh, yeah. Right. <laughs> no, I, Every I, single I think that a lot. I'm like, yeah, 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 seriously. But I think I do think that it had that effect. Um, and it because, you know, women and people who identify, you know, people who don't identify as men tend to and studies have shown this tend to think that qualifications are really important for jobs. <laughs> and guess what men don't men men literally i think it's hilarious because it blows my mind but i see this in my own adorable standard issue white guy husband like he thinks oh me too you know absolutely like his talent is like the th talent is what matters and like qualifications are like whatever you know so women are finally kind of getting that in, in, in as well, for better or for worse, I think for better. And they're deciding to go ahead and run. And again, I want to stress that that's happening because of people and activists and not because the institutions.
the institutions can only save us to the extent that we participate in them. So participate. I feel like we've turned around. Like we've really, we we looked at the thunder crowd, but then we saw like how beautiful, like a beautiful rainbow. Yeah. Or we just know that the rainbow is one of the things that can happen. Um, it's, it's a Schrodinger's rainbow. Um, (laughs) like we don't know, we don't know, we don't know what's in, in the box, but there is something potentially really good in the box. Um, but it, yeah, I mean, I can't say it any, any better than I already have. Like it just, people need to, people need to start making it happen. And making media, by the way, making media counts to some extent. Like for you guys doing this podcast, my podcast, like tweeting and everything, that counts to some extent. But I, I hope that that's just a first step for for a lot of people. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much. As always, it is an amazing pleasure to talk to you. And we do mean this in the best way. We hope we don't talk to you next year because... Dan and I have a mutual not, not not for the podcast at least. Oh, yes. Uh, yeah. We won't we right. won't write you out of our friend circle. <laughs> I was gonna say, please. I mean, keep talking to me. But yeah, you won't have this podcast. It'll be a new it'll be a different podcast. You can talk to me for your next podcast. Which it'll be Dan and what? Maureen's Pie and Disney podcast. I yeah. love it. I, I love it. Please do that. Man, that got heavy. That got heavy, Maureen. It did. It did. I mean, the thing about the um, the Survivals magazine at the uh, Upper West Side Whole Foods is true and still one of the weirdest things I've seen this year. Yeah. I mean, I think the thing to me, though, like the way she wraps it up, which is like it really it's not enough to just snark on Twitter. And, and Lord knows I did a lot of snarking on Twitter today, Maureen. But um, but we do need to think about ways that we can, you know, contribute and and do do more to that end. In addition to snarking about Donald Trump's toad penis today, uh, I also finished finished registering Maureen to be a uh, election judge here in uh, here in Cook County. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to go uh, on the 25th of October. I get to go take my election judge class and then what does, I what, will. Yeah, what is that? What do, what do you do? Uh, you, you're you a poll worker. So I will be on election day. I will be assigned a poll. There will be two election judges. One is a Democrat and one is a Republican. I will be a Democrat judge. And uh and we will just kind of, you know, keep an eye on things, make sure stuff is is working, make sure nothing nothing weird is going on. That's literally all I know. I read an article about being a poll worker and I uh I was I was so moved in in just wanting to actually do something. Like just be a part of this process. So, I signed up. I'll know a lot more after I take the class. This is this is amazing and her her thoughts about service um I had a lot of thoughts on this, but I, I want to ask you a question about mental health, Dan. Yeah. And this is a kind of, does this ever happen to you? Um, How fast can you say, if you've ever had a moment of like, like the lows and the highs, how fast can you ever swing out of those super fast, like kind of go, Ugh, and then come out? 
Uh, I tend to wallow in the low for quite a while before before I am able to pull out. I do not. I do not come out of those quick. Yeah, it's it's something I ask because um, I I think it also might have something to do with be having a uh, uh the a the type of reproductive system I do and being affected by various hormonal fluctuations, yep. um, which I think if you are uh, women and others who own a set of, of ovaries and uh, like we get kind of injections throughout the day of things that take us up and down sometimes. And my uh, particular brain chemistry and nervous system uh, is, is a little more skittish. It seems to be. However, I'm going to say that I'm a pretty happy person overall, that even when I'm kind of depressed, I'm still like a slightly happy depressed. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I th- and I think that these kinds of like things are possible. And I, I realize that I don't think we, and this does have to do with service and what she's saying, because I have a lot of feelings of pointlessness sometimes. Mm-hmm. And I, like, I was on this, this, before I threw up on the panel, um, somebody asked, they're asking us about lessons we try to teach in our books. And and the, everybody was answering, giving these great answers. And I started to think about my answer. And I said, you know, my mom's a nurse and I always grew up around nurses. And I think I always thought that I'm like, to my mind, nurses and doctors and like firemen and like, like everybody else, basically everybody else, as far as I see it, is like, got this like super important job. But I'm like, no one has ever said an emergency. Quick, get an author. Like, you know, no one, <laughs> no one needs me if they're bleeding. And then I've said this to my mom many times, and I'm like, I'm gonna go become a nurse. I'm gonna, like, I have this secret obsessive desire to become a nurse. My mom's like, Maureen, the first time someone poops on you, you'd be out. I'm like, you don't know that. I could take it. And um, she's like, no, you have a job. And I was like, ah, no one needs me in an emergency. And she's like, yeah, but, you know, don't you understand that, like, say what I'm a nurse and I get done nursing. The thing I need is a book. So that is your job. Like, that's your service. And I was like, I do have a service. Like, I have to try to be that. That's my, in Catholic school, they would have called it a vocation. But, like, that's the... I'm like, oh, that is a service I have. I'm trying, so I'm trying to think in terms of my service, because mm. um, it really, it's something that that really gets to me. And when I feel like I don't have a service, I get really down. Yeah, and like, like super grindingly down. And especially because my job, I work on my own a lot. And I think that when she was talking about community and being around other people, I'm like. Yeah, just because of various, like, because I'm a writer, because I had an illness that kept me in for a while, like, I tend to do stuff on my own a lot. And you get on a real cycle of, like, aloneness. And your friend is this weird little box that talks to you and tells you terrible news all day. And (laughs) weeps at you. And you're like, oh, my friend, the box is talking to me. Bloop. And it's like... Trump showed his ass to a dog. And you're like, oh, I'm sad. Like, that's not good. I need a job to do. I'm an author who's bleeding. You know, so like there's these all of these emotions and thoughts and you can really ruminate a lot of these things. And this thought of getting out community and like doing stuff like like I'm what I probably should do is go down to Pennsylvania 
and knock on some doors there or help out because that is an area that's going to matter a lot. Like the New York City area is pretty solid. Right. Right. You know, um, but yeah, just it, she had me really thinking. I mean, like, really, I was like, whoa, hey, oh, I just almost barfed. I had just almost barfed when we had that conversation. So I, I was. <laughs> yeah, I was really still. Had. I was still in bed because that was like 11 a.m. that I almost barfed and then I was home. And then at 2 p.m. is when I dragged the microphone in. So I was really just super post barf. Um, So uh, I think she just gave me a lot to think about. And I don't know. I've just been thinking about those little gradations of how we like it's almost worse worrying about getting depressed. (laughs) You're like, what if this happens and I get depressed again? Like, yeah. Getting out, joining each other, community, being with each other, making stuff in our service. Like these are all kinds of themes I want to think more about next year, like she's saying, and more about what we do and less about what they do. Um, but we decided prior to this conversation, we made an important with some important positive decisions, Dan. And we're gonna yeah, and we're, we did. it's time to talk about those right now. Yeah. We set we set an appointment. We got on the phone and had a meeting on the phone. I mean, I, I, I wasn't I was not exaggerating that the last actual like, what are we doing? Meeting happened in probably early September of 2016. Yeah, sounds right. And 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 then, you know, w- the the allotted eight weeks that we had originally planned came to an end. And I think it was just a like a couple days after the election and you were like, are we really ending this? And I'm like, I don't know if we can. And that was like it. Right. (laughs) Like, and, uh, and so, yeah, so we had a, an actual planning meeting where it was like, are we still doing this? Is this a thing that we want to do? And if so, what does that mean for actually going forward? And what's the deal? So the date to look for is October 17th, October 17th. That's basically one month from today-ish. Roughly. And we picked that because it was roughly one month for today-ish to get all... So the first thing we're going to tell you about is that on that day... Dan, we should have music over this. You know, some some inspirational music? Or the happy music? Okay. Yeah. It's done. It's playing. On that day, we are going to launch a Patreon... To bring the Says Who community together and maybe even expand it and launch some cool stuff. We're doing this to bring Says Whoville closer together to build our virtual community center. Some of this, anything that we raise from it will go on our Disney World piggy bank for when this is all over and Says Who concludes at the Magic Kingdom. But we're going to be, if whatever we raise through Patreon, most of that is going to be used for, you tell them then, used for... Our new weekly says who. That's right. That's right. Two years. Two years after we stopped being weekly. On October 17th, we are going to resume being weekly. It is hard to talk about current events when almost none of them are current. And uh, it's time to just get a little bit closer together. It's not... It's certainly not always going to be easy. Uh... (laughs) <laughs> there are maybe a week or two that we end up having to uh, 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 flub it in one way or another. But we are we we have heard you many times wishing that we were weekly, and we also wished we were weekly. And then we decided, wait, 
we could totally be weekly. So we are going weekly again, starting on October 17th. But that's not all, is it, Maureen? It's also on that day. We will announce the details of our first live show. Yeah. It's not, it's a, it's a bit of a ways away, but there is one on the books. There is. And there might even be two by then. We'll possibly, see. Possibly two, but we definitely know of one. So we're very excited. So we're not saying anything more because when it goes up, you know, our, our goal is that we'll have all the stuff there on the page, you know, uh, for you to see then. Like, be like, here it is. Yep. But yeah, but October 17th, it's pretty exciting. I'm like genuinely super excited about it. Uh, I am really at at a time in my life that does feel vaguely directionless, I am pretty excited to have a thing with direction. It was a very long Friday night meeting with like graphs and charts and notes and you were uh you were using a set of headphones that actually was almost made you rendered you inaudible. Yeah, everyone says that about So I'm not even sure if you agreed to all this. Everybody says that about my phone headphone my headset sounds like I'm talking from inside of a fishbowl, but you know, maybe I am. It worked. It worked. And I I really think that we we looked we thought about this for a while. We looked at different things, but with something like a Patreon, we feel like we can connect you. It doesn't mean that our sponsors are going to be ignored. Um, obviously, we still have we sponsors. We don't. No, we don't. And we, we never can have. Continue. We can because I not I, because we don't want them, but just because we don't get them. I've looked and actually because I was like, do podcasts have both Patreons and sponsors? And yeah, it turns out loads of them do. So like, yeah. absolutely, well, loads of podcasts make a shit shit ton of money not well, us we lose it but we gain yeah in friendship with blue apron uh which no, our sponsor not. that's not and friendship isn't money in this week's box you get a toadstool it's not you get no. oh boy a a a, a steak uh, you get some yeti, uh, i'm amazed that you continue pubes. to commit to that joke um, oh boy and you make a, our theme a, music a dish called a stormy daniels which is a uh. It's like raw hamburger with mushrooms uh, um, with a uh, shoestring shoe fries. Music. Um, this year, last a, year, and every a, year is performed by potato. Ted Leo. It's all got ketchup on it. It's just, a, it's just there's ketchup, there's raw beef. And our logo um, has always been designed with love by Darth. A little tip. And we, re- we return that love to Darth in we return. We do love you, Darth. Darth loves fries. Um, a little tip, if you do have mushrooms, what you can do... This is true, Dan. This is true. Mushrooms, you take them and you just leave them in the sun for about an hour. And that actually fills them with vitamin D and and they become, um, it's just a weird little thing about mushrooms. And you can get some of your daily vitamin D just by leaving them out in the sun. You don't have to do anything else. That's true. I just never want to think about mushrooms again. But like, what is it? It's not a steak, Diane, that has mushrooms on it. What is the steak that's covered in mushrooms? Or like a a tartar with mushrooms and You can contact us at Says Who Podcast on Twitter. You can email at hey, that is H-E-Y, at SaysWhoPodcast.com. You can join the discussion on Facebook at slash groups slash Says Whovians. Our Facebook group is moderated by Janice Dillard. Says Who. That's that's not it. We're not done yet. Blue Apron. No. Mushrooms. Okay, you can, you can, oh boy. I think, I think Maureen might need to be rebooted now. Says who? 
You can join us on October 3rd for our next episode. We will be bi-weekly for another couple of episodes. Mushroom. Soup? But for now. Cream of mushroom? From my basement in Chicago, I'm Dan Sinker. Mushrooms. This has been Says Who. Mushrooms. Blue apron.